The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Don't think, feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger, or you will miss all that heavenly glory. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Hey brothers, welcome back to the Liberation Mental Podcast, the show for men who want it all. I'm your host, Nick Ergarides, entrepreneur, martial artist, and life-changing coach. And as usual, we have a super amazing guest for you today. This is someone who's managed to live life on his own terms and build something really incredible for himself. He's uh, a very powerful man, and I think you guys are going to get a lot out of it. He drops a lot of wisdom in this, this show. Before we get to the episode and the interview, I want to share with you guys some exciting news. My first non-martial arts related book is almost ready. It's called Aligned, The Modern Man's Guide to Health, Wealth and Freedom. And it's a collection of what I feel are the most powerful things I've learned along my journey for self-actualization as a man. It covers topics such as health, wealth, relationships, spirituality, meditation, and a bunch of other cool stuff. Anyone reading this book is going to have their lives changed forever. I absolutely guarantee it. And if you want to get a free copy of it, just head on over to liberationmentor.com forward slash aligned. And you can put in your name and email address and you'll get a free copy of it sent to you when it launches on June 1st. Okay, guys, let's dive right in to the latest episode of the show. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to the Liberation Mentor Podcast. I'm here today with a very powerful man. His name is Nick Chapman. He used to be a MMA fighter, one of the champions of Cage Rage, which is at the time, I think it might even still be the biggest organization in England. He's, he's a bad, bad man, but also a very, very good man. And um, I've been working with him over the last several weeks on a project and he's just shown himself to to be an absolute gem of a human being. And I really want to get him on the show and he agreed to do it. So here he is speaking to us all the way from Pattaya in Thailand. Good to have you here, Nick. Hey, buddy. That's a great introduction. Thank you very much. (laughs) No, it's, it's so good to have you on the show, man. Like, I know you're British and I lived in England for a long time and there's an expression that I was very fond of that uh, a lot of the the British people I met used to use, which is diamond geezer. And you're definitely, you're definitely <laughs> diamond a diamond geezer. <laughs> Thank you. You're a diamond geezer too, mate. <laughs> Thanks for that. So just to let everyone know a little bit about you, you, as I said, were an MMA fighter and then you, you lived in England and um, I mean, no disrespect to England. It was very good to me and I love the British people, but I do kind of refer to England as mud island because <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty pretty fucking depressing. I mean, I most agree of more. the year. <laughs> Honestly, I, I was there for forty years, and I just had yeah, I had to go. But um, I mean, it's got its merits, but the, the weather certainly is not one of them, and, yeah. and the general lifestyle is is not one. <laughs> sure. So you you escaped, right? Like, I mean, I, I like to consider myself someone who escaped because I'd, you know, London is such a powerful place that it, it just draws you in with all that crazy energy, and then once you get in that groove, it's very hard to get out of it. And fortunately, I, I managed to pull myself out. And it's really cool to, when I met you, to see, to meet someone who's also managed to get out of it. And, and now you find yourself in Thailand and you're running your own business, which is quite a big pivot because you went from being a fighter 
mm. to being a professional and running several of your own businesses that aren't in the fight space, which is which is pretty rare as well. Once people are in the fight orbit, it's they find it very hard to break free of that as well. So I'd, I'd just love to hear about how you came to move countries and totally change careers as well. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, it's funny you should say escape and then you use the, the phrase break because I like to look at my my exit from England as a, as a break for it. It was more of a, it was a fight to get out of that country. It wasn't, so much, it wasn't an escape. I had to break free. But yeah, you're right as well. When I had uh, made the decision to come to Thailand and re- relocate, again, I had to break away from all the businesses. I had three quite successful companies and it was it was a, a real struggle to to literally break free from the shackles, as I put it, of the United Kingdom government. But uh, yeah, happy to talk about all of that. <laughs> Cool. So I'd love to hear more about the break with the British government. What was it like? To, to, did you have to become a tax exile? Or what was that about? Well, it wasn't so much that. It's, it's, I worked so hard for many years, but I was I was always a single guy. I didn't have kids. So we, we kind of come at the bottom of the pile when, when it comes to anything. I mean, I never needed anything from them, but I always mm-hmm. felt in the back of my mind, if I ever did, I'd be the last guy to get it. And then I had... Um, had a running with the HMRC about a, a big, big bill that um, I, I submitted to one of my clients. He didn't pay me to finish the job and they wanted me to pay the VAT on that bill. And I said, well, hold on, I, I haven't been paid and I only collect these, these taxes on, on, on your, your behalf. And they demanded that I made payment. Bearing in mind, I never missed a payment. I had stellar credit rate and I was, I was a good, good businessman. And I just thought that was disgraceful. And that sort of set the ball rolling for me to say, you know what? I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have a, it's interesting. I have a friend who uh, here in the States, the IRS did something similar to him and he just said, fuck it. And he just said, I'm, I'm, I'm off the grid. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to square on this. <laughs> I've, yeah. been, I've been being polite, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's how I felt. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I mean, if I, if that happened to me, I'd, I'd probably feel the exact same way. It's, it's a strange thing, right? Like a, a part of me wants to pay taxes because I know that it's yeah. it's it's a good thing and it's putting energy back into the system, and then the system totally, you know, look looks after you in a way. But also, when they, as you got British guys say, when they take the piss, uh, it gets really gets really yeah. annoying. So you decided, okay, cool, life in England isn't suiting me anymore. I'm I'm going to get out of here, and you you just decided on Thailand because you'd been there before. How did that work? Well, funnily enough, I'd always had it in my head that I wanted to relocate because I just need the sunshine. I can't live in the rain and the snow and the cold and the wet wind. I just can't. So I'd always had it in my head. And I spent like an eight-year process learning to speak Spanish because I thought, well, I'll go to Spain. And then I wanted to be out of the EU. So then I thought, okay, no problem. I'm going to go to Mexico. Um, and the plan was to build up as much money as I can and then just retire somewhere sunny and hot. Uh, that speak Spanish. <laughs> so I spent yeah, all yeah, this yeah. time learning Spanish, but I'd literally got to the stage where I decided, okay, I, I had started breaking down my businesses. I was selling everything off uh, and I was making real gains, real headway. And I was ready to start relocating. I thought, well, I might as well go and see my friend in Patea before I do, because once I go to, to Mexico, I'm, I'm unlikely to get a chance to go to Thailand. And I've always wanted to go. Mm-hmm. I came here one time and that was it, dude. I never went home. <laughs> well, I went back <laughs> one time to sell everything and come straight back again. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's great. What, what was it? I mean, look, you don't have to convince me. I, I love Thailand pretty much more yeah. than anywhere else, with maybe the exception of Japan. But what was it that, that convinced you? Do you know, it's a really good question. And I can, I can tell you easily what it was. So the weather, I just absolutely yeah. love the weather. I live on the coast, so I'm near the sea all the time and I just love jet skiing. So I'm out on the jet ski island hopping every day. The food is amazing. The people are lovely. They're friendly. They smile. And if you've ever had a Thai girlfriend, 
wow, if that's not one reason to stay in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm man. I love it. I've, got, I've married her now. She's just incredible. And, and it ticks every single box. Is She's just amazing. So uh, wow. that, that among, you know, the taxation system's pretty good. I like the locality of it as well. I, I, I bounce in and out and work for one championship and do various different things in Singapore and, and bounce around Asia. So it's just great. It's just so much here for me. That's so cool, Nick. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. Oh, and Muay Thai. <laughs> Don't forget Muay Thai. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I remember Thailand was the first place I always say, you know, like I went, I've been on a long journey in my life to become happy, right? Like I dealt with a lot of stuff from childhood and just issues that I, my own insecurities and things I had to deal with. And I remember yep. Thailand was the first place that I felt truly, truly happy. I went on a, a trip there once and I was, I was so happy. I actually got the word gratitude tattooed on my, on my arm in Thai wow. um, because it was, it was just like, yeah, I was like, it was almost like, I remember me and my friends were hanging. I, I met a group of friends out there and we were hanging around just um, as a group, like, you know, going to the beach and going to cafes yeah. to work and just, you know, I was like, this is like summer holiday when you were 15 years old, except now I've got money to spend, you know? And it was, it was yeah. like being a grown up Disneyland almost. And I just really loved it. It's such an incredible place. As what we call it, we call it grown up Disneyland. And Dave, what you just said to me has just given me goosebumps because you know what? I'm 44 years old and, and this is the only place and the only time in my life I've ever been truly happy on the matter's truth. So what you just said, I can absolutely relate to. Brilliant words. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it's always surprised me how some people, they live pretty much their whole lives unhappy and they just accept that that's their lot in life. You know, like there could be a similar guy who looks for, yeah, it was in very similar circumstances to you living in England, hating the weather and just, you know, not maybe not enjoying his job or something has, has gone like dreadfully wrong there. And he just goes, no, well, this is, this is life. This is the way it's, it's going to be. And then just gradually lives or, or gradually starts to let the light behind his eyes diminish over the next 20 or 30 years. And yep. man, that's just not for me, you know, and, and I don't think it should be for anyone. And there's, I hope the message that gets through to people listening to this is that there's always a way out, right? There's always a, a pathway to a better life. Could not agree more. Again, great words, man. Honestly, if there's one, if there's one thing maybe anyone can take away from my life story is is exactly that, dude. It's just, I, I just, I just don't see why people just settle and accept that that's their lot in life. That's never the case. There's always an option. There's always a way to break free. Uh -huh. Great, great words, man. I'm really interested in in um because <laughs> if anyone meets you, I mean. I'm going to say this with the greatest possible respect, right? And you know that it's not coming from a bad place, but... Oh, of course, man. Fire away. You, you kind of look like a thug, bro. No offense, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I, love, I tell you exactly, you know, you're so, so right. And, and I'll tell you exactly why I love it. I t honestly, I mean, I, I can explain now actually why I feel... You're right. So I look like a thug. I've got a tattoo on my head. I've got a tattoo on my arms. I've got a bald-shaved head. And I spend a lot of time in the gym, so I like to stay in shape. And I look like a thug. And, and I'll be honest with you, when I was a kid... For a while, I was a thug. Um, I was. But but what I found was it was a benefit because I'd find myself, when I started my businesses, I'd find myself having to have meetings with, with some some quite high-flying high business people. And I'd walk in the door like solicitors and, and all sorts of different types of people. I'd walk through the door and you could just see the look on their face. I think, oh my God, <laughs> what have I got here? And do you know how, how different I was from their first perception? Made me stand out above everybody else. And all they ever used to say is, wow, you're, you're a lot smarter or you got, you're more articulate than I expected you to be. And, and then they see how I operate <laughs> with business and I'm actually quite efficient and I love to get things done. And, and I'm so different to what they actually expected me to be because this face uh -huh. of human nature is we all cast judgment. We all do. We look of at course. someone and we can't, 
harsh judgment. And, and I'm nine times out of 10 so far from what they expect that it, it makes me stand out and it's been a real benefit. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I, yeah, I totally right, I get that. Yeah, and, and, and again, I'm, when I say that, I mean, I, I don't give a fuck what you look like, but I just, it's interesting <laughs> to me, like um, you look like a very, very intimidating person, but I'm sure if you want to turn it on, you can be intimidating, but generally <laughs> well, over, yeah, the, <laughs> over the course of our, our interactions, you've shown yourself to be a real gentleman and it's just, I, I really appreciate that, especially... Uh, it's quite rare in the fight game. You know, I find a lot of, a lot of guys in that game can be kind of like, um, I, I, thuggish is the word, you know, they, yeah. they're just, they're not very intelligent and they're not like, yeah. they're not very refined. And it's, it's kind of cool to meet someone who completely defies your expectations. I guess I have a, another question for you is what is, how did the ties respond to you? I mean, they must, cause you're so big and like different looking. Well, how, how does that work there? What a brilliant question. I, I can't wait to answer it. So what, what you just said about looking like a thug, I love it because I quite like to have the intimidating appearance. You know, it works for me. Um, and with the Thai people, I think because I've looked the way I've looked and I've, I've mixed with the circles I've mixed with over the years and built the businesses that I've built, I've learned this, this unique ability to, uh, to relate to people on many, many different levels. So I found that Thai people instantly take a look at me and you can just see the look in their face like, oh, this guy's just going to be a just going to be trouble. And then the second you just show them some respect, you nod and you smile, their demeanor completely changes. And it's going back to exactly what I said that I've, I've always loved to surprise people. And you can just see the look on their face. Now I live in this little village. And when I first got here, I'd go into the, to the restaurants and the, you could see the old women just freak out. Now when I go in there, they come run up to me and give me these huge <laughs> hugs. And they just love to see me. And it's such a nice feeling. So yeah, I, I literally learned over the years to to break down the barriers very quickly of what people's perception may be and just generate a connection. So it's pretty much the same with ties as it's always been with anyone I've ever done business with or pretty much uh-huh. everyone I've even known. So yeah, That's so great cool. question. <laughs> so, so Nick, one of the things that I, I've gathered from our interactions is that I just learned a new phrase on the previous episode of the show. Uh, the gentleman I was talking to, Huntley Smith, he made me aware of the phrase autodidact, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It means someone who's good at teaching themselves. I'd oh, never yeah, heard it yeah. before. That's so yeah. you just mentioned that you learned Spanish. Um, I'm guessing you taught yourself largely to, to speak Spanish. And um, also in one of our conversations, you told me how you, when you arrived in Thailand, you started learning web design or was that before you arrived there or? Well, yeah, uh, web design, um, digital marketing. I, I had a graphic design background, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't know anything about websites three years ago. Okay. And you, you just decided you wanted a location-independent business and web design was, was the first thing that came to your mind or how did you find yourself in that, involved in that? See, that's another great question. It's, it's, it's interesting that you, you sort of recognize that about me. I mean, I'm going to go right back to, to when I was very young. So at school, I was a disaster. I, I, I had a, a, what they called it, a learning disability. And they put me in this little box, uh, categorized me, and they shoved me away. Uh, and yeah, I struggled at school really badly. I, I struggled. I, I just couldn't get to grips with what they were telling me. And it used to drive me mad because I knew in my mind I wasn't stupid. But I'd look around and I'd just think, why, don't, why can't I get this? And instead of people looking at me as if I was stupid, I, I much prefer to be looked at as a troublemaker. So I'd, I'd, I'd kick off in a class and I'd get the teachers to throw me out because it was easier for me to deal with that than have to sit there and, and keep asking for help and then people laughing at me because I'm stupid because that's mm-hmm. basically what was happening. So it ended up I just get expelled from every school I ever went to. And I, but I never lost this, this passion or this drive to want to better myself and want to learn. 
And I would not, I've never been able to accept that I can't do something I want to do in my life, no matter what it is. And I eventually went on to, to college and I, I started an art and design class. I was very good at art. And I figured, yeah, if I do art and design, then I haven't got to do too much writing and reading and, and that's going to be good for me. So I was flying through this course for the first few weeks and all of a sudden we had this art history class and I went there and it was the same principle. I was st stuck there trying to <laughs> process this information in a way that just wasn't working for me. But for, fortunately for me, the lady that was my lecturer, she was amazing. She, she identified straight away and then she just implemented and helped me Basically, I, I learned how to learn. And, and all I found out was I didn't have a disability. In fact, it's a massive advantage. I just have a very different way of doing things, which other people can't understand. So it made me a very good business person, and it made me very good at achieving things on my own. You know, get out there and do it my way. Um, yeah. I excel at university because at university, they just give you a question, say, just go and get it done. They don't sit there and tell you this is how you've got to do it. They said, we don't care how you do it. Just come back and get it done. And for mm -hmm. me, brilliant. So I've, I've spent many years, I mean, I've got more qualifications than anyone I've ever known. And I spent much of my time learning about myself, self-awareness, enhanced thinking, and, and how to learn. And now I can literally just take on any, any challenge and, and teach myself as long as I've got patience and some time. That's so cool. Uh, the, the one thing that really stood out for me that you said was that you were, you've never been one of those people who... Uh, would accept that he couldn't do something, you know, and I know my mom who <laughs> I love to pieces, but there were certain aspects of my upbringing. I wish she could have maybe just done a little bit differently. However, there was one thing that she did exceptionally well was she, she implanted that, that seed or that belief within my mind that I could do anything I wanted to. And I mean, I always, I always think to myself, like when my mom eventually passes away, that is what will make me cry the hardest is knowing that like, the person who gave me that gift is gone, you know? And I think it's something that's, it's so important to instill in people that, okay, look, you can't do anything you want. Like sumo wrestlers are not going to be able to be jockeys anytime soon, right? Like there's certain things that genetically are not, not possible for you, but yeah. within the realms of, with, with, within reason, there is pretty much nothing you, you can't do if you set yeah. your mind to it and you go and study it and you're willing to pay the price, right? I mean, it, you decided you want to be a web designer and you want to move to Thailand. It wasn't, yeah. you didn't just do it in a week, right? There was a lot of shit that had to happen for you to be able to do that, but you went Huge. step yeah. by step and you made it happen, right? Yeah. I, I refuse to see any any obstacles in my way. I, I just see challenges that I have to overcome. And, and this is from when I was a baby, before I can even remember. My mum was telling me stories about when I, she took me swimming to watch my sister one time. I'd never been in a swimming pool in my life, and I wanted to swim. So they tried putting these armbands on me. I, was, I think I was two. And I, I screamed. I didn't want the armbands. I said, I'm not getting in there with the armbands. And I refused to wear them. And they said, in the end, they just put me in the pool, and I'd done a whole length. And I don't remember yes. it. And the same, the same thing happened with stabilizers on my bike when I was three or four. I said, I didn't want stabilizers. I saw them as a weakness and off I went. I'd done a whole length of the garden without any stabilizers. I'd never been on a bike in my life. That's and great. So I, I'm fortunate <laughs> for me, I was instilled with it because I think if I wasn't instilled with that, I, my life would have been very different. I, I would have been submissive and, and a lot of the obstacles that come my way would have got the better of me. Uh -huh. So I'm just very, very fortunate to have that will and that drive. But you're, you're so lucky to have someone who nurtured that and brought that out in you as well, because many sure. people don't have that, bro. Many people yeah. do not have I know. I mean, I'm just thinking of my, my very best friend in the whole world. I mean, I won't mention his name, but he doesn't, I don't think he listens to the show anyway. But he, he his mother didn't give him. And in fact, she, she basically gave him the opposite. She was always telling him how worthless he was and oh, yeah. making him feel guilty about certain things. And you can see how that has 
hindered him so much mm. in his life. Yeah. It's like a, it's a real big hole that he has to like repair in himself. Um, yeah, and I would yeah, urge yeah. anyone like you, you'll know if that's the case with you, you really need to get some help to fix that because it, it's holding you back for sure. Nick, I wanted to ask you um, specifically, you, you've said how you would just go off and study anything um, and you've clearly excelled in education. What have you learned about learning that you could share with those, the, the people listening? Fantastic question as well. Okay, so I mean, if I go right back to my roots, uh, I mean, obviously the first thing I had to do was do my maths and English again. I'll, I'll get to what I've learned about learning in a second, but it's interesting that I explain a few things. Then yeah. I went down a, a full bricklaying construction route. I don't know my qualifications in that. I've done qualifications in uh, immediate horticulture and, and greenkeeping. Uh, then I've done desktop publishing, graphic design. I've done interpersonal skills, many of them, so many skills, uh, web design and, and graphics and, and so so much i mean i couldn't even remember half the things i've mm -hmm. done plus all the martial arts as well well yeah i was obviously studying martial arts since i was a young young kid as well but i've just had this um this drive for just just knowledge it's like it's just controls me i just can't get it it wakes me up at night and i get out of bed and start studying at like two in the morning because i have to learn but i think what i've learned about learning is that it just takes time and patience and you can learn anything you want. And you do need a certain amount of interest in what you're studying. Mm -hmm. and, and above all else, I've got such a vast array of qualifications in so many different areas. The most important thing that I took away from any education is that I've learned so many transferable skills from every single thing I've done. And I can focus so much into one area even if i've done something in a greenkeeping class i can relate to a transferable skill i can use when i'm designing a website so i found education in any any sense of the word is a good thing you can you can take something from any level of education and, and generally transfer it into another part of your life and, and that's what i absolutely love about learning stuff that's yeah that's that's really great like the faster you or the more you learn the faster you learn because you just become yeah. it's it's like in in sports there's a in sports science there's this interesting phenomenon that shows like with each subsequent sport you learn uh learning a new sport becomes easier afterwards so there was this big push towards specialization in in the 70s and 80s but then they found that it was actually the generalists who would outperform mm. their specialists a very interesting book which uh, i'll send to you uh, it's called range and it's called uh, the subtitles "Why Why Generalists Thrive in a Specialized World." And, I love that. Uh, fasc yeah, fascinating book that just shows that people like yourself usually come out on top, and it shows why, which is very cool. I never really looked at it like that, but that's a really great uh, concept. Yeah, and, and looking back, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I think that's a great concept, and it's shed some light into uh, into my educational background. So thanks for that. For sure. You know, I wanted to, to ask you, because you've spent a lot more time in Thailand than I have. And just during the short time that I was there, I saw some crazy shit. Uh, so a person <laughs> like you, who's, who's been there for an extended period, you you must have seen some truly insane things. And I just, I'd love to know if you can share any of them with us. Does anything stand out in your mind? Any cool stories? Bro, you really got some great questions, don't you? Well, look, let's put it this way. I live in Pattaya and now Thailand is just an insane place anyway. I just love <laughs> everything about it. But if you're going to pick somewhere in Thailand that's going to push the boundaries even further, <laughs> it's Pattaya. I mean, there are no boundaries here. This place is crazy. Yeah, dude, I, I see things on a daily basis which blow my mind. But 
you see people wearing the craziest stuff. I mean, we've all seen it. You go to Brighton in England and people are pretty, pretty, pretty out there, you know, in their, in their dress sense and things like that. But Thailand is just like next level crazy. Uh, I mean, the nightlife is insane. If you've ever been up walking street. Now, the thing is, I can't possibly, I mean, I'm good with words, but I can't do it justice. I can't explain to you just how mental this place is until you've been here. Like the bars, the people, the nightlife. The, yeah, it's, it's just, just crazy. It's just another level, like, right? There's many, many things I've seen that I, I would never tell anyone as well. The thing I, I try to impress upon, you know, when I meet Americans that haven't traveled and like they, they, they're thinking about going on a trip or something. And I, I say to them, they always want to go to Europe. And I say to them, look, <laughs> well, if you go to Europe, you're going to see some interesting stuff. Sure. You're going to see some old museums and interesting cathedrals. And, but at the end of the day, it's just Western culture all over again. Right. Like, and it's, it's not going to be that vastly different from what you've grown up with. But if you want to go and expand your mind and you want to get the, the something real out of the travel experience, just don't even think twice, go to Asia, go to Thailand, go to Japan, you know, like go, go, go to Asia and have your mind blown. So Absolutely. It's so good. To, it's so good talking to you. It just takes me back. That was that is such an incredible place, Thailand. I hope to visit again one day. Yeah, the bars. The bars are insane. Uh, I mean, I honestly don't even know where to start about stories I've seen in Thailand. Uh-huh. And, and you, you literally just you can't explain it. You, you're absolutely right. You just tell people you just have to come and see it because it's it's not so much an experience, a visual experience, although it is, but it's just a feeling you get while you're here and the things that you see and how people respond to things. It's just it's just insane but yeah i love the place sure. could you tell me a little bit about um how you met your wife because <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of stigma attached to western yeah. guys going and like hooking up with asian women right and yeah funny enough i have a <laughs> i have an asian american friend who <laughs> Uh, named uh, actually i won't say his name but he went to thailand i met him in thailand he's, he's from san francisco and oh, yeah. the weirdest thing is he was dating a bunch of these white girls in, in Thailand and he's literally did it the opposite way around. Asian came, what was he doing? <laughs> it was, so, I mean, like uh, my concern and again, I'm not painting your relationship with this brush because I doubt you, you would be stupid enough to fall for that. But there's the story of the Western guy that goes to Thailand and hooks up with a, a Thai girl and marries her and then she like takes everything he has is pretty commonplace, right? Oh, you're gonna you're gonna love the answer to this question, bro. <laughs> what, have you taken precautions or like? I mean, it's quite a difficult question, I'm sure, but I'm interested. It's a great question, and you know what? There is so much of that that goes on. You get people in England that have never been to Thailand talking about the Thai bride and and how this happens, and you know when you when you're here and you live here, you realise that you know what it's. Uh, it's nothing like that at all. However, it, ha- it does happen. Don't get me wrong. And I've seen it. And I, I actually know of, of guys that were girls. But it's like a mutual thing. These guys come out here, these older fellas, and they know that they can't they can't get these girls anywhere else in the world. Here, age doesn't matter. They're not, these girls aren't worried about how you look. If you're going to take care of them and give them a better life, then I'd say eight times out of ten, they're going to be very loyal and they're going to treat you like a king and they don't care what you look like. But then there is the odd exception, which does happen where the girls like fleece fellas and there's like got about six or seven boyfriends that, that does happen. But then in return, you know, the, the the foreigners come here and, and and they have like six or seven girlfriends and treat them bad. So it is just one of those things. But interestingly enough, I'm very astute with that sort of thing. Now I've worked very hard. I've built up, I've built up enough money to sort of be comfortable with and, and settle down. 
and I'm not letting anybody take that from me, bro. I'm telling mm-hmm. you. So <laughs> I met uh, I met this girl. I done I done some research. I wasn't really looking for a girlfriend as such, especially a Thai one at first. I, I, they're good looking, but I wasn't really looking for a Thai girlfriend. I was here working the Fairtex and doing some 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 good stuff. So I bumped into this girl, and I was like, wow. I mean, she blew me away. And then I started researching her, <laughs> as you do. Yeah, like, you've got to research everything in life. I started asking friends and checking her out. And, and she comes from a great background and she's got a heart of gold. Um, her, her, her mother passed away. So she was here working to send money back to, to look after her family, like they all do. Mm-hmm. Um, and she worked, she worked in a bar. She didn't do any of the, the, the bad stuff. She, you know, she worked for friends of mine that have known her for many years. And, and they just said, look, one of them actually said to me, dude, if you can get her, said, you've won, you've won the lottery. It's simple as that. So I went, really? Okay. So I, I won the lottery in the end and I cashed right. my ticket. Yeah, I cashed my ticket a few months ago. We got, got married. But when, when I got with her, I, I had this this I had this thing, this approach to life. I honestly believe that you have to be completely clear, transparent and upfront with everybody you meet, whether it's business or whether it's you know a relationship. So for example, in my business, before I commit to any level of work for any client, they will get a full comprehensive proposal which outlines exactly everything that I propose to offer and how much it's going to cost. And I approach relationships the same. So when we started seeing each other, it got a bit serious. I said to her, right, I think we should have a chat. <laughs> well, what about? And I sat down and I thought she was, thought I was going to give us some bad news. And I just said, listen, this is me. I will go out with my friends whenever I want. You never tell me what to do. I will never <laughs> tell you what to do. And we had this conversation. I said, this is what I want from a relationship. Can you do it? And she went, that's a perfect relationship. I went, right, sign there then. <laughs> and then when That's we got great. married, when we got married, I enlisted the help of one of the best solicitors in, in town. I got a full prenup signed. Everything is completely safe and secure. Uh-huh. So, it, and, and she was absolutely, because that was kind of a test. I thought, you hear these horror stories. I, I said to her, look, you know, I'd like us to get married and I propose, but I said, listen, there, again, there are some stipulations because I need to make sure you're with me for the right reasons. I said, I don't mm-hmm. want you to ever feel trapped and I don't want to feel trapped. And the minute I mentioned prenup, she smiled and she said, you know what? And, and after she'd signed it, she didn't, she was oh, so, so happy. And we've been happy ever since. And there's That's no great. pressure on the relationship. I'd never leave her without anything. But I want to always know in the back of my mind that she can't just decide one day she doesn't want me anymore when she's going to take sure. what I've got because it's not going to happen. So sure. we've actually got legal marriage and the prenup is actually attached to the legal wedding certificate. So um, yeah, 100% safe, but brilliant. Nice, Nick. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things that, again, jumped on me when you described that, which is the first is this, one of the things I actually teach or work with with my clients a lot on is is this idea of um, setting boundaries when it comes to relationships, because it's much easier to set a boundary in the beginning than it is to try to claw and back at a later stage. Much, much, much easier. And it's so intelligent that you did that. And I, I think a lot of relationships would work far better if, if people did the same thing. Is at the beginning, just said, look, this is how I live my life. If you try to change me or if you, if you don't like that, you, here's the door, right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly my words. Yeah, brilliant. Nice. Yeah, and then, um, you know, a lot of men here in the US, you, you just said you don't live with that fear that you could just take half of everything you have or more than half everything you have. But it's a travesty in the United States, the way uh, a lot of the states, their their marriage laws are, are created because you'll see a guy who's who's literally worked his whole life and built something. And to be fair, his wife has helped in some way. Yes, you know, she's, I agree. She's contributed. But then she'll just take a huge portion of this and then 
you know, like treat him as if he's something that she scraped off her shoe. And I just, I just don't think that's right. I really, I read there's something deep within me that like does not agree with that, but I guess it's just the way the system is here. And I guess that's why a lot of guys move to places like Thailand, right? Yeah. Well, I guess so in a way here, you know, you know, you, it's like a business arrangement to some of them, but they have feelings and emotions in the relationship, but it, it just, it benefits both parties. So why not? Why not be together? Um, but you know, I couldn't agree with you more. I see, I see it a lot, and I see it in the UK with the with the laws with regards to men and access to their own children, and it eats me up inside. I don't have kids, bro, but if I did, and anyone told me that I could not see my own child, dude, I, I, it doesn't. If someone's a bad husband, it does not make them a bad parent, and it just eats me up. And I feel the same way as you do about them type of laws. But yeah. Well, Nick, I'm so glad that you've won the game on many levels, man. It's it's such a pleasure to to talk to someone who's thriving and doing so well and living his dream. It it really is awesome. It, it like really inspires me and lights me up. If the men listening to this want to reach out to you and maybe do business with you, I know you you've just made my new website and you've done a stellar job. I can highly recommend you. How how should they get in touch with you? Thanks, bro. Uh, well, I mean, Facebook, WP Webstars is a good one, or, or just email me, nick at wpwebstars.com. I'm happy to look at any projects, graphic design, digital marketing, and, and, and websites. And yeah, I'll do whatever I can to make a client happy, as you know. But you've been fantastic to work with, I've got to be honest, because you've got this um, this outlook on life and this mindset that just made the whole process so easy. Because, bro, trust me, not all of my clients are that. <laughs> are that, are that uh, wow, easy to work with, should I say. So it's been a pleasure for me as well, man. It's good to know. It's good to yeah. know. Nick, thank you so much for your time and enjoy the rest of the day there. Thank you so much, brother. Pleasure. Thank you. What a cool dude. What a pleasure it is to be able to interact with people like that. Such a self-actualized human being. And the thing I admire most about Nick is his dedication to constant learning. Something I try to impress upon every man that I come into contact with is the fact that your destiny is largely within your hands, right? And that is largely a function of how well you choose to educate yourself. It's not up to anyone else to educate you. It's up to yourself, right? And a guy like Nick proves that, you know, he had a certain set of skills and a certain set of tools and he wanted to go from where he was to where he wanted to be and realized that those tools weren't going to be enough. So what did he do? He went out and learned the ones he needed and There's nothing to stop you from doing the same, right? Nothing to stop you. So hope you guys take that message away from that episode. Just to remind you guys, my new book Aligned is out on June 1st. You can get it when it launches for free. If you head on over now to liberationmentor.com forward slash aligned and put in your name and email address. And then on June 1st, you'll get a copy of an email to you. Also, as usual, please leave a review on iTunes. Makes all the difference in the world. Uh, I put a lot of thought and effort and and love into the show. And um, yeah, it's really cool when you guys send a little bit of it back by leaving a review. So if you do that, I'll greatly appreciate it. Until next time, guys, love and light.